are listening to the Social Media Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, stay-at-home mom of three turned social media influencer, Jenny Peterson. Each week, we'll dive into online marketing, business building strategies that actually work, and I'll share with you how I built my online business, leveraging the power of social media from my cell phone. The term influencer is not just for celebrities, it's for people just like us. I really believe that all you need to get started is Wi-Fi and a dream. Let's go. Welcome to today's episode. I'm so excited because I am interviewing Devaney Adams. And I first met Devaney at an inspo conference where she was the keynote speaker and learned all about her amazing business and things that she's up to now. She is the founder of Adams and Company with her husband. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear from her today. So welcome to the show, Devaney. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. It is such an honor that you even came up to me and asked me after that conference to be on your podcast. And, and I have to say, this is, this is only my second podcast I've ever done. So I (laughs) kind of fun to, to get to do that interview. We, we plunged right into social media and Instagram, but I'm not as familiar with the podcast. So I'm thrilled that you're having me on here. So thank you. So excited that you're here. And for my listeners that don't know about you yet, can you just give us a background on how you started your business and where you are kind of now? Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I, we are, uh, we've been married for 27 years, but about 17 years ago, I was invited to do a local craft fair. And so we're a home decor business. I guess I'll give you a quick little, we are a home decor business, Adams and Company, and we are a brand we design all of our decor and then we ship to retailers all across the USA. So that kind of gives you a little overview of, of what we do now. Uh, when we started, I was, I was invited to do, to go to a local craft fair and share a booth fee with a friend, which we did. And we made crafts. It was so much fun. We both had different careers. I was a medical transcriptionist. He was doing life insurance. So this was one of those things that kind of just fell in our laps in a way. Um, you know, what we were doing, it paid the bills, but I felt like neither one of us were, it was paying the bills, you know, but it wasn't like that. Your heart is on fire and you're jumping out of bed because you're so passionate. It was kind of going through the day-to-day routines. And when we were asked to do this little craft there, we didn't own a single saw. We owned nothing. We went over to Lowe's and bought a two by four, this cheap little warped two by four. We had zero tools, asked them to cut it for us. And they did, they cut it into little blocks. And then we cut out with an exacto knife. I mean, that's how old, <laughs> that's how old we cut out our own stencils. We cut out our own art and then we would stencil our art onto these wood blocks. And we took them to this, um, to this thing and sold a few. And we were so ecstatic that somebody even wanted to spend their hard earned money on something that we had made. And we realized at that moment, how much he and I love working together. We would put the kids to bed and we would go out in the garage and work until two, three in the morning. And we were, it was almost like this weird, sort of like a date night in this different way. It was like, Oh my gosh, we were, we were creating something together and it was so fun. And we ended up doing a couple more of these little shows, you know, in addition to, to our normal day jobs. And one day DJ just looked at me and he said, Dev, I don't want to do life insurance anymore. I'm, I think we can turn this into something, what we're doing. And he's like, I want to wholesale two stores. And it was crazy because he literally finished just one. He had just one life insurance, um, 
contract that he was working on, he never went back. He jumped in full force. I mean, we are talking, we were working 20 hours a day, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Date nights went out the window as far as like going out, like going to the movies, date nights became in the garage working and, and building our dream. Like we kind of just changed our social life into let's build this together. And, um, over time, like we, we were having so much fun doing this and he would take, we had this little Honda Accord and he would take all of the samples that I made. So I would create the samples and then he would put them in the back of trunk of our little Honda Accord and drive all over the state of Utah. And we're in the Southern part of the state, which is quite small, St. George, Utah. And so he drove 300 miles away to go find retailers who could carry our product. And he literally went door to door, driving into the parking lot of boutique stores and independent retailers and getting the buyers and the owners to come out into the parking lot and check out what we had to sell. And that is how we got started. I mean, it is about as grassroots as you can get. We like to say we started with the 62 cent two by four, and that's sort of where Adams and company, you know, came from. And then after uh, several years of or I guess about two years of doing that, we were able to expand to where now we outsource, we have all of our product made, we still design everything. And then we spend our time marketing, selling, you know, running the business. And so that's kind of just a little nutshell of how we got started and into where we are, where we are right now. That's amazing. I love it. And I love hearing those starting out stories of how business owners get started because a lot of times people just see where you are now and yes. like overnight success and they don't see the hustle. They don't see the grind. They don't see um, that you got scrappy and you you drove in the Honda Accord and, <laughs> and went door to door. They don't see that, you know. Sure did. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. And can you Thank tell you. us a little bit about Adams and Company now? So that's where you started. Like, yes. what does it look like now? So today we have we have some we have two different showrooms. So we have one in Atlanta in America's Mart and one in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Market. Now those are. Um, only open to the trade. They're not open to the public. So this is where retailers from all over the country go to find, to buy the product they're going to put into their stores. And so we have showrooms in both of those locations. And then we ship to thousands of retailers all across the U S and Canada and every once in a while, Australia and a little bit of Europe, but mostly U S is where we uh, distribute everything to We're you know, we're a family business. We've stayed quite small. We're a, we have, we like to say we're a small company with big personality. That's kind of, <laughs> kind of our thing. We have a really wonderful tight knit group of people who work together and um, kind of a crazy thing is, is where we are today is with what has happened with the pandemic and everything. You know, we all actually already worked from home. Well, most of us did, mm -hmm. which is a little bit fascinating, you know, that we already kind of had that in place. And so um, we are we're also, we all are in different locations across, you know, we have people in Arizona, people in the Philippines, people here in the U.S., China, all over the place. And we all work from our, you know, respective places. And, and it's pretty cool to be living in this world today, even though there's a lot of insurities with it. It's, it's been a really neat experience to be able to work from home and have a flourishing company. That is awesome. Okay. Can I ask you a question about that? So um, yeah. you and I, like I work from home as well. So when this all happened, it's like, well, I guess I'll keep doing what I was doing. But yes. so many businesses have had to like learn how to work from home and how to manage teams that are in other, other states and other countries and stuff. Yes. How, do you have any advice on how to do that? 
I do. I think one of my biggest things with that is you kind of have to learn, like as a business owner, and especially in the very beginning, you're wearing every single hat. You know, when you're starting off, you're a one man show, you're a two man show, you're wearing every single hat, you're doing every single thing. And then as your company starts to grow, of course, you start hiring, hiring out things. But we get caught in this little trap of micromanaging. And we micromanage the people that we're hiring out to do things. And that could possibly become very disruptive if people are working from home and then you're trying to micromanage and then it could cause maybe some, some issues with that. So my advice for that is people are trying to walk home. I think it's, it's making sure that you have built the team that you trust, that you guys have trust with each other. And then you let them loose to do the things that they're so good at doing, which is why you hired them because you know, clearly you're not as into doing that particular thing. And so having, giving them the, the freedom to do what they're best at. I think that's one of the best ways that, that we've managed that. There's, there's a whole lot of trust that's involved there. And, you know, because a lot of it is sight unseen and stuff. And I've been pleasantly surprised through, you know, all of this, how amazing everybody has just stepped up to make things happen. Because obviously we're all pivoting right now. Everybody's pivoting <laughs> in some way to adjust. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So first getting the right people in place and then trusting them to do yes. what you hired them to do. I love that. Okay. So I wanted to ask you a question. So when we were at the inspo conference, you told a story and I, if you don't want to share it, we can totally edit this out by the way, but you told a story about hitting kind of a hard time in your business and a struggle in your business, uh-huh. which I know a lot of, of my listeners are entrepreneurs. They're in the hustle. They're in the grind. They're struggling. And some of them might have those days where they just say, I want to quit. Like, I'm, this, yeah. is hard. this is, this is not what I said before. This is too hard. Can, do you know what story I'm talking about? I absolutely know what story because the tears are already surfacing. <laughs> Will you share that? If you don't want to, it's okay. Oh, no, no, absolutely. This, that's the thing is, is one thing that we have learned through all of this is our hardships are where we've grown the very most. And so when we're able to look back and I still cry, but it's a good cry. It's a good cry. But when you're able to look back on your story and tell your story without going into the despair, then you know you've healed, but you've learned from it too. And so, yeah, I will absolutely, I'm more than happy to share that with you. Perfect. Um, so rewinding back a little bit to 2008. So right before, like we started our business in 2003 and had, you know, five years of just hustle, hustle, hustle. Like I was saying, we were working 20 hours a day and just going for it. And the economy was booming. The housing market was booming. Everything was just wonderful. We had this really false maybe a false sense of security at the time. And we got very comfortable. And then the housing market hit and we were just, because, you know, we say we're entrepreneurs, but we're also just people who really love what we do. And we didn't have the answers to everything. We're not professional business people. You know, we didn't go and get a degree. We are a, you know, two people who married couple in love, love working together and basically said, we're going to just figure this out. And so, you know, we don't have, didn't have all the answers and we possibly, um, actually looking back, I think we did make some mistakes back then because when the housing market hit, we just sort of went along with the flow, like, Oh, I wonder when this will bounce back instead of jumping into action. And that was a big thing that we learned. Um, so over the next few years, you know, as, as retailers were having to close their businesses and, you know, there was a lot of hardship that happened with that recession and, and the, the crash. And so when DJ and I were trying to 
keep business afloat and everything, we had put all of our savings back into the company, all of our retirement, everything, every single thing we put back in the company. And we were able to plug along for about another four years. And 2012, and I call it my year from, you can just beep, you know, it is. it was that year. It was, 2020 might be taken <laughs> taking a toll on that one, but, but 2012, that was kind of our pivotal moment, I'll say. And it was just one of those years that anything that could go wrong, at least that's what it felt like at the time, anything could go wrong did. And so, you know, going into the year, we probably had a little bit of a rough market um, at the beginning of the year. And then we had some product that we had ordered for Mother's Day. It was supposed to have been here. You know, it comes early because obviously you guys know how it is with the retail land. We put stuff out early and it didn't come in time. And then when we actually got it, so we missed an entire uh, selling season and and we were strapped for money. It was it was a hard situation to be in and to miss an entire selling season and we prepay for our product. And so when the product actually did get here and it was so late, um, something had happened and most of the product in that container was damaged. Yeah. Overnight, we lost a couple hundred thousand dollars that we didn't have to lose. It was, that was the saving grace. That was the thing that was going to help get us to the next month or the next, you know, to the next level that we were trying to get to. And um, to have that happen, it was very devastating. And during this same time, I mean, we still had our hustle going on. We were selling and we had um, a buyer that we had flown to our Las Vegas market and we were sitting, and this is the part where I get a little bit teary. We were sitting, and, and my daughter has given permission to share this as well. So we were sitting um, in our Las Vegas market with a very big key account uh, buyer, and we get a phone call that our daughter was in the emergency room. And she is 16 at the time. She's 24 now, healthy, vibrant, beautiful. And um, But at the time, 16 years old, in the emergency room, and they, she... Um, came to find out that she had a six and a half pound tumor that had attached to her ovary and they thought it was uh, cancerous. We get this phone call uh, during this meeting and of course, mom, me, fell apart <laughs> completely and we ended up, the buyer was so amazing, understood, she's been a friend of ours for years and I have to give, thank you, Kim, <laughs> I have to give her a big thank you. She was so empathetic to what we were going through in that moment when, you know, she, it could have just stayed very professional. Let's get this done. We got to get this, but she was just so empathetic and said, you guys go, I am going straight to my airport and everything. So it's, it's those tender, tender mercies along the way. And she gave us such a tender mercy. And we just, we just left, we left immediately, um, picked up our daughter in St. George and drove up to Salt Lake to the oncologist. They ended up doing the surgery and, um, we had to wait for 10 days to find out if it was cancer or not. Uh, it was not, I got to preface that it was not, but those 10 days that we had to wait and we had come home and she was healing and we had come home and I had kind of like work was really hard because we, my mind was just in a million different places. I'm like, we're losing all of our money. I felt like I was losing my, <laughs> I felt like I, at that moment that I was losing my daughter, I could lose my daughter. And, and it was so devastating. I went into our backyard and I just put my hands up in the air and I kind of just looked up at the sky and said, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And it was at that moment, it was kind of that when you feel in the depth of 
trying to get out of that moment. Sorry, I do get emotional because it feels 2020 is a little bit of a repeat. <laughs> We're living it, guys. <laughs> um, but I looked up and this bird, this giant black bird, I think it was a crow or a raven, and it flew over me and cawed, and it was so distinct. It felt like the sound was just directed right at my head because it kind of it threw me a little bit. But what I heard in my head was never give up ever. And so that right there was a little bit of a turning point. We still had several years after that of, of you know, just figuring it out. Um, we had a long road to go, but it was, that was the pivotal moment for me that I was like, that's the secret sauce. That's the recipe. That's the, it's not that we're not going to have hardships. It's that we just, if we have it in our head, our hearts, you know, what we're passionate about, what we want, the trick is to just never give up. We're not going to avoid the hard stuff that is inevitable. And so that was kind of our, our turning point, um, within a couple of years and, and not long after that, I mean, you know, we, we had to file bankruptcy. It was awful. You know, we were, we were personally tied to so many things. We thought we were going to lose our house. We didn't. Um, again, those tender mercies that were along the way, we were very open. And the reason I'm going into this is because I feel like a lot of people are experiencing this right now, or will be within, several months from now, um, when you hit that point of feeling like you're losing everything, one of the things that I think saved us is we were very open with anyone, like the, the showrooms that we had in Las Vegas that we had in Atlanta, we had to make phone calls and say, we're struggling. What can we do? And because we were so transparent with them, they basically in a way just wrapped their arms around us and said, let's do this together. And we did. We teamed up. We made it happen. Same thing with our house. We were able to pull out and eventually we were able to bring on a partner. Um, and so we've kind of divided up responsibilities and that has made a huge difference uh, for our company is they run the accounting. They run all of the uh, distribution where we run all the design product, the sales and the marketing. So it's, it's a beautiful combination. It's, it's one of those things that you kind of, in hindsight, get to see that everything fell apart in order to fall together again. So, you know, that's kind of, that's the, the story there. And then I'm just going to, if you're good, I'll just jump ahead to what got us to where we were growing again. And um, so in 2014, we took on this partner and it took a few years. It's, it's hard. It's hard to partner with anybody, you know, because you're used to one way. We had done our own thing for 12 years in our way and to bring two companies together and trying to figure out where the strengths are, where the weaknesses are, you know, it, it takes a few years. And so there's, you know, and if you're doing something like that, there's always going to be little fumbles and little bumps and stuff along the road. But the trick is just figuring out, okay, what am I passionate about? What am I super good at? And what value can I bring? And then you kind of go around the table and figure that out with everybody. And that's sort of what we've done. And so moving along to 2017, DJ, my husband, he was, um, we were, we had recovered. Things were looking. Um, decent, you know, for lack of a better word, he was, it was looking good. We were plugging along, just kind of floating along like this. And, and DJ got a little bit, he kind of felt that little antsiness of we're stagnant. We need to do something. What am I, what do we need to do with marketing? We're doing it old school. We were um, advertising magazines, going to market, sending out newsletters. And he decided, um, that's my husband. He decides these things. <laughs> Like he decided we're going to have Adams and company. 
he had done a bunch of research on YouTube about the best marketing for today. And this was back in 2017, but he spent a month and I'm not kidding, at least 30 hours a week researching and came out and said at this time in 2017, Instagram is the thing that we need to do. We absolutely need to do this. And Devaney, you need to be the face of the company. This is, you know, you, you're over all the design. You're so passionate about all of this. And we need to have you start your own Instagram account that is Devony at Home. So we have our Adams and Company, which is the business. But then we've started something that kind of shows the people behind the business. And that, um, I think, has been key for us is showing who we are behind the business, not just that we have a, a commodity or a product or a design to sell, but the family and the people that that you're supporting. Yes. And so he got, he, he, you know, he had us jumping in both feet on that one. And I'm not a, um, this kind of stuff really sort of gives me anxiety. I am a little camera shy and it, it kind of surprises people a little bit. Now, sometimes I'm still camera shy. I still get nervous and we, it took us about a half hour just to get my profile picture for the Instagram because I was crying. I did not like doing that. And because I just felt like I was being exposed. And I had this realization that it's when you're starting an Instagram account or any account, any, any, you know, putting yourself any digital account, really, when you're starting that you're putting yourself out there, but there's this little voice in the back of your head saying, well, I am basically asking everybody to judge me right now. In a nutshell, that's kind of what it feels like what you're doing. And when I put that out, I was terrified. But I realized really quickly that the bad is so minute. It's non-existent, really. And the good that has flowed in because of being willing to put ourselves out there, we've attracted the like-minded people. And long-term, that's what you end up getting as you start attracting those people who have the similar um, mindset is you, uh, energy, you know, that, that inner energetic attraction. And so we started jumping in big time in 2017 and in 2018, we were able to grow our revenue by a million dollars that year wow. because of starting social media. And we were like, Whoa, this is huge there. This is we're, we felt like we were behind starting, but we realized it's still that untapped. Like it was, it was amazing what the opportunities are with this market that we can do. And so, um, we've jumped in. I mean, we're, we're trying to get all over on every single platform. So basically within about three years, um, from 2017 today, we have doubled the size of our company in revenue and, the key thing I think has been that we have been willing to put ourselves out in a way and tell our story and, and show that we are a small family company and we still are. I think we always will be. We kind of like our tight knit little group and the friendships that we have from it and the relationships and, and everything like that. So that's been, that's been really interesting because what started off is me thinking, Oh, I, I'm a business person. I'm a designer. And to now it's like, Oh, I'm trying to be a social media influencer in a way, even though I'm still a business person, but it's like your roles kind of start, they shift over time. Mm -hmm. And I'm realizing kind of more in hindsight, how valuable that has been to the company is us just getting out there. Yes. And I love, I wrote down some things that you said. I love that you said that you show the people behind the business, because I think people 
they want to buy from people. They want to yes. know the story. They want to see how things are made. They want to see all that behind the scenes stuff. That is genius. And I, I, I know that you had said this probably at the Inspo conference, but I didn't realize that you had just started on social media really just a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. You, I, so was, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, oh. So I was, yeah, we just started a couple of years ago. We were, we were that company that's, that's guilty, just like so many companies, small companies that have their social media and started it right when those things, you know, started our Facebook, started our Instagram, started the LinkedIn, you know, get all of those things started. But we were guilty of not making them active. We would post once every week. We had 200 followers, you know, so we had a lot, we had a count for maybe we'd had it for four years, but it was kind of dormant. We did not take advantage. And that's when I'm like, oh my gosh, the regret that you have just a little bit that we didn't do that when we first had that opportunity. But but the cool thing is there's still so much opportunity, you know, with all of it now. And I'm so glad that we jumped in when we did. And uh, we can just see it growing and almost scaling like exponentially. Yes. And that's amazing. And I follow your account, both of your accounts on Instagram. Um, and I know you've said them, but can you say them again? So the listeners can follow. Yes. You? yes. So my account is it's uh, Devani D E V A N I E dot at a T dot home. So Devani at home is my account. And then we have Adams and company and that is the uh, decor brand. Perfect. And I'll link those in the show notes as well. So oh, thank you. And people can find you, but your, your accounts are amazing and they're, they're blowing up. I believe you have over a hundred thousand followers. Yes, yes, yes. Just not too long ago. I think this, this summer, uh, we, we hit over that hundred thousand mark and, and, and this is another really interesting thing is the, the company where, you know, 40, I think 40 something thousand on that one, the person, it's not really personal, but you know what I'm saying? My, my one that kind of shows more our face is over a hundred thousand. And so that's sort of proof right there that people want to connect with people. And especially right now with the pandemic, with how much we've all been sort of at home, if there is a way to connect, you know, cause energy doesn't lie. You can watch a video and you know, instantly if you're like into that person or you just scroll on, you know, it, it's a pretty quick, a pretty quick thing. So it's such a wonderful way that we can connect, especially right now because of, you know, so many people being at home and not able to get out. I love that. And to the business owners that are listening, I would just echo what you said and, and say, don't be afraid to put yourself out yeah. there. Yeah. Because you might just be surprised. And, and even that, it, you know what? And be afraid, but still do it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is terrifying. I am yeah. the first to tell you it is absolutely terrifying. And I, I heard this really cool thing and it wasn't that long ago. It was uh, Maya Angelou. She is just one of my absolute heroes. If you're not familiar, Google her. She's amazing. And she said something in this interview that I thought was so good. She said, anytime she's going into something big. And for me, it is having to turn that camera around on myself and having to put myself out there. She said, she calls in like, come on, mom, come on, grandma, come on, everybody who loves me. I need you with me right now before I get on and do this thing that I'm about to do. And it was the coolest. It's the best feeling because if, at least for me anyway, when I do that and I feel that I just feel like I'm talking to people who love me, to my friends, I'm calling in the people who love you and, and appreciate your energy. And so that you're hopefully able to, you know, provide them with value that you're, you know, you're hoping that you're able to give somebody hope that you can inspire them and attract them, but giving you the confidence through calling in all of that love 
you know, that's around you. So I thought that was so cool that she said she did that. And I started doing that and it, I swear it helps. I it's cool. That. I do something similar where I pretend like I'm talking to my best friend. Yeah. Is your true authentic self. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Whatever it takes. And you just care like, okay, this is the real me. This is, you know, when you, when you're talking to your mom or your grandmother, it's like you get to be your real, your real self. And so maybe if you kind of imagine that a little bit and let that spark come through, you know, just anyway, I, I've, I feel like I've benefited from it. <laughs> well, that's great advice. Thank you. Something else I wanted to ask you about. So I know that you, your company works with influencers, correct? Because yes. uh, how I met is you work with my sister-in-law, Nisa Lynn, who's an influencer. And wait, wait, no, wait, I did not realize that yeah. she was your sister-in-law. Oh yes. And her house is like walking through like an Adams and company catalog, like everything. Yes, it is. Her makes it in our catalog. <laughs> Like, yes. So yeah, it's my sister. So that's how I met you. So I wanted to ask you, um, cause this, the whole, the podcast is called the social media influencer. Yeah. And as a business that hires influencers, do you have any advice to influencers? Like how to stand out, how to like build a relationship with a company that they actually want to, you know, work with you for a long period. Right. So you've worked right. with Lisa for a long time. Long time. Yes. She is phenomenal. I know. Oh, how fun. Well, hi, Nisa. It's Nisa. <laughs> yeah. Hello, my love. <laughs> That's so fun. I had no idea that she was your sister-in-law. That's the other thing I love about Instagram or, or social media is when you get together, you realize what a small world it is. Yes. That's so cool. So yeah. cool. So, um, Will you ask me a question again? Okay. So do you have any advice for influencers that want to work with brands, like what they can do to stand out above, you know, other people and how they can like build, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I don't know if you've ever had an experience where you've worked with somebody where you're like, uh, oh, we're not going to work with them long-term. Whereas when you work with like someone like Nisa, you're like, we enjoy working with each other. This is working. Do you have any advice? I sure do. And my advice, just know that my advice is coming from a mom and pop type shop, me and my husband who have been figuring this out on our own. Like we are not a professional social media company. We are just like any other, you know, entrepreneur who is also trying to figure out the social media world. So this is just based off of my experience. And, um, one thing that has stood out to us, so we're a small company. So depending on the type of brands, I don't have a whole lot of advice for like big box brands and, and stuff that, but if you're wanting to work with small companies like us, like that are more the mom and pop type shops, the thing that has honestly stood out the most, be kind. Like that's so crazy, but send compliments on their posts, on that company's posts, go in and engage with them because likely the person who is posting on their social media is also the person who is receiving those uh, direct messages where you're asking. And if your name, because the mind tends to notice, like I kind of memorize IG handles. And so if your name is constantly being shown as commenting, oh, they're so supportive. And then you're sending messages telling that company because you believe in that company and, and letting them know that you believe in that company and that you want to partner. We have gotten more influencers that way. We have a really fun story. I don't know how much time we have. We're good on time. Are we good? Okay. Um, if you're good, I'll tell this great little story because it is, it, it's a fun story. There's a company or she's an influencer and I know she's up in the tens of thousands of followers now, but a couple of years ago, she messaged me and had 34 followers. Oh and 
her, it's Haverstraw Hill. So if anybody is familiar with Haverstraw Hill, if you're not, you've got to go in and follow because her home is, it's phenomenal. It is just, oh, it's, it's, she is so fun to follow. Uh, anyway, she had about 34 followers and sent me a DM and it was all full of those wonderful things of, I love your company so much. I've been following you. I would love to, I know that we're a small account. My daughter and I are working together to create this new um, decor account. What would it take to get to work with you? And the way that she was just so kind and personable, because we are that type of company, we're a smaller company, that she just engaged in this way that was so friendly. And we instantly, I was, I was actually sitting at a, at a conference with the design twins in Waco, Texas. And I happened to get the message right as we were sitting there. And somebody had asked the same question that you asked, how do you, how do you get a business to work with you? And I'm Haverstra Hill Donna, she got me hook, line, and sinker with that DM. And so I just raised my hand and I shared her message with the entire group of people that were in there. And um, one of the girls, uh, Kelly Ballard from City Girl Meets Farm Boy, she hopped up and said, let's all go follow her. Because I said, we will definitely be collaborating. You know, let's give it a shot. And, and that's the thing is, you know, just trust your gut because my gut just told me yes. The numbers didn't, you know, but my gut told me yes, because it was that energetic thing. It was the way that it felt. And we tend to, DJ and I tend to work that way really well. <laughs> so um, anyway, we went for it, collaborated with her. Everybody in the whole room went and followed her and she was ecstatic. It was the most tender. She, she messaged me and said her and her daughter were jumping up and down in their kitchen. So excited because we sent a story at that conference of everybody in that room going to follow them. And from there, she has exploded. And she is now one of our top influencers with Adams and Company. And so it's just being willing to ask the worst that's going to happen is either no response or a no. But the more that you engage, the more that you become um, familiar with that brand that you're wanting to work with, I think that is valuable beyond how I can explain because it's beyond me how all of this came together. But I know that there was like this universal pull of bringing us and Haverstraw Hill together. It was so cool. I love that story. And I think that's so encouraging for people to hear because so many of my listeners um, hold themselves back because they think, oh, I'm not an influencer. I don't have enough followers and yeah. just look at the numbers. But in reality, there are there are brands, there are businesses, there are companies out there that are looking to work with people. Yeah. And, and, and if you're hungry, if you are hungry and you're willing to put in the time and post and go the extra mile so that you do stand out to that company, you might be a smaller account. So at that point, that's when you might want to put a little bit more into your efforts um, with posting and doing more stories and really trying to shine and stand out and showing your efforts of, of how much you're putting into that because you believe in the partnership between you and that company. They've put in that faith in you. You're putting that faith in them. And then hopefully you, you know, can grow together. So I love that so much. Okay. I have another question that I want to ask you. And, um, so my husband and I, we've, we've owned a business together for 13 years and Congrats. I know, uh, thank you, but I know that work, not everybody could work with their spouse. And, um, do you have any advice to people who are, who want to work with their spouse or are looking to do a business with their spouse of mm -hmm. how to do that, how to make that work? Um, gosh, I, I think a lot of it is just natural chemistry. You know, part of it is just the way that you guys work together. I think it's being willing to have those conversations 
that um, you realize where each other's strengths are and you also realize where each other's weaknesses are and then you help your partner hone in on their strengths and then they do vice versa and then you delegate both of your weaknesses out. Oh, I love that. Perfect. I feel like that's kind of been um, our... Uh, lately anyway, that's, that's been our thing, you know, but, but we are also, I, I love, we love being together. You know, if it's somebody who gets under your skin, you, <laughs> you need to have that little bit of time apart, you know, then that's when you just make sure that, okay, you do your thing. I do my thing, but we work so well together. We can create these amazing things, but it's not like you have to be together 24 seven. Yes. You know, to make it successful as well. Yes. And, um, did it, I have another question for you. Did it take how long before you did start delegating stuff out? And like hiring help. Cause I think a lot of times people get stuck in the solopreneur or yeah. it's, it's just you and your partner and, and that's it. Um, one of the biggest things that I wish I had started, you know, hiring help out sooner. Um, when did you start doing that? We were probably about a year into the process. We actually hired my niece. She was our very first employee and she would help stencil blocks and we would pay her per block to stencil. I think she was, 13, 14 years old at the time. So, I mean, we, we started right with, you know, hiring family and it just kind of grew from there. It just sort of organically, depending on your growth, depending on what you, you know, where you're trying to, to get to one of the cool things that I have learned over, over time is because I used to think that, well, we need to be big. We need to be huge. If that's what success is. And I think I've kind of reversed that in my mind a little bit that really we don't have to be huge. So if you find that you are the type of person who enjoys being a solopreneur, stick with that. If you find that that's good, because in today's technology, you can make so much money right off of your phone. Like it blows my mind the opportunities that are here today for individuals to make their own income in their own way. And they don't necessarily have to have this giant business to, to do that. You can make a living and be very, very happy doing that. And then, you know, depending on what your passions are, if you're, no, I, I want these numbers. I want to, I want to be this and stuff. Then that just depends on how aggressive you get and how much you're willing to put into investing into other people. Um, one advice that I do have is learning to hire people who are better at things than you are and being okay with that. I love that. And that's a hard one to do. I think our ego, I mean, mine definitely has many times, you know, that in the last few years, that's it. That was a big lesson that DJ and I learned is, is the, one of the tricks is to find somebody who's really good at something that you just are not that great at so that you can excel in what you're good at and then leave them to do their thing and then just blossom doing what they do and giving them accountability and not micromanaging. And so that's a big part I think of, of hiring out is really looking at the things that you enjoy doing. And then what are the things that you tend to procrastinate, but you know, it needs to be done that's the first thing that you need to start hiring out. Whatever is sitting over there that's eating at you, but you're not getting it done because you'll find other things to do. It's because that's where your passions are and find somebody who has the passion for those types of things. And then you, everybody thrives. Wonderful. That is amazing advice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So where else can my listeners find you? I know we shared your Instagram um, handles and I'll tag those in the show notes, but where can my listeners find you online? 
So we have, well, now we have two different accounts. So we're kind of different because we are a wholesale brand. So our online presence is actually not open to the public. You have to have an account to get in there. We do have a sister company, Crumpets Home Decor. Uh, that is where uh, the consumer can go to, to to buy the product. But then if you just go to Devony at Home, I have a blog. I just started it not that long ago. So I'm brand new on in the blog scene. Um, so like I said, is, is we put all of our eggs into the, into the uh, Instagram basket, we realized we need to do a lot. We need to do stuff on all the platforms. And so we're, we're just now branching out there. And then I also do TikTok. So if he's on there, it's fun. I just show little clips of the house and stuff. And it's been a really fun, a fun thing to do. So yeah. And then LinkedIn, Devony Adams. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much for spending this time and coming on the show and sharing all of your wisdom. Um, I know that I've, I took a ton of notes. I'm sure that my listeners did too. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. I appreciate you having me and good luck to everybody and air hugs. Isn't she amazing? Oh, I just absolutely love Devony Adams. And let me tell you, she is just as beautiful on the inside as she is on the outside. If you enjoyed this episode, take a picture, screenshot it right now, wherever you're tuning in, post on your Instagram stories and tag both me and Devony. You can tag me at Jenny underscore Peterson and Devony at Devony and her name is D-E-V-A-N-I-E dot at dot home. And tag us both. Tell us what your favorite parts of today's episode were, what your biggest takeaways were. Make sure to give her some extra love on her social media accounts. A couple of my biggest takeaways from this interview and this episode was never give up. Never give up. Keep going. Keep pushing. You're going to get there. Sometimes it takes a little longer than we would like, but it's going to happen. Another thing is it was so interesting to get her perspective of influencer marketing from the side of a business owner, CEO, and brand. And we talked a lot about that, and I wanted to include a freebie for you because some of you are listening right now and you're thinking, I want to work with brands, but I don't know how to do it. I'm going to give you a special freebie. It is my email templates, the exact email templates that I use to send to brands when I'm looking to collaborate. And you can grab yours for free by going to pitch.jennyleepeterson.com. Pitch, like pitch yourself to brands, P-I-T-C-H dot jennyleepeterson.com. I'll, of course, put a link for you in the show notes as well. Before I let you go, I want to give a quick listener shout out for leaving a five-star review. And this listener is CC Lupe. And she said, I'd follow you anywhere. She said, the lessons I've learned and I've been able to apply to my business is so valuable. And to have this level of training is priceless and it's free. I'm so glad to be here and watch you grow. You have inspired and motivated me. And I'm so grateful to have stumbled upon your Facebook lives a year ago. Love you, Jenny. Thank you so much for your five-star review. I'm going to start calling these love notes. Seriously, that is a love note right there. And I appreciate it so very much. And when you leave a five-star review like CC Lupe, then that helps this podcast get more listeners. That helps this podcast reach more people. That helps me be able to get more guests on like Devony that we can learn from and 
and they can share their wisdom with us. So if you enjoy this, I would love you forever if you left a five-star review and then tune in because I might just read your five-star review, your love note, your listener shout out here on the podcast. Thank you for spending this time with me. I love you so much and I'll see you inside the next episode.